For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king, and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bhandari from Ortho Evidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Well, good morning, Mo. Morning. I know you just got back from Hong Kong. I saw I some interesting photos of you scaling up sheer walls in Hong Kong. Uh-huh. And you just got back uh, last night, so I'm sure you need your cup of joe. Well, um, I will tell you that usually if I travel to places far and wide, I indulge in all the food and usually end up on a diet of liquids thereafter. So I won't go into the details, Mark, as to why nice. I'm on a liquid diet. But the point of the matter is, is that I had a great time. Yeah, I'm sure it's a wonderful experience to visit the, the institutions there. They, they're, they have such a history and uh, cutting edge research and really, really smart people. So oh, absolutely. It was great. I'm, and, you know, I think more than anything else, and, and you know, this is the exchange of ideas uh, sometimes requires us to be present, actually there yep. to interact with human beings and discuss and have uh, discussions and plan things. So I think that was very fruitful for that period of time as well. Yep. Zoom does have its uh, place, but it also has its limitations. Absolutely. It's uh, good. Well, this is uh, the latest issue of uh, the journal dated April 19th. And there was a, a, a sticky on the cover, which uh, and an editorial in that journal that introduced uh, the latest uh, program uh, that's that's called OrthoCore. Uh, and I just want to make the audience aware that um, this is for everybody. What, what this is, is it's based on the StoryCorps program, which was created and founded about 15 years ago. And some of our listeners may have heard uh, presentations on National Public Radio, but it is uh, interviews, audio uh, interviews. Uh, and it can be with, for example, uh, a senior partner in a group that uh, was a founding partner and may have had a, a seminal role or a, a mentor uh, that's been critical for somebody's development uh, in the field of orthopedics. Um, and there's some sample questions that are listed uh, on the website, but and, and how to do it, uh, anybody can do it. And the, these are going to be preserved uh, in perpetuity in the National uh, Library of Congress. So the idea is uh, to preserve these oral histories so that others can learn and, uh, and appreciate what's uh, gone on before them. And again, it's not just for egghead academics like you and I. It's, it's for everybody in our field of musculoskeletal medicine and surgery. And the website is uh, orthocore at jbjs.org. And I encourage uh, every listener to think about posting an, an oral history of some important aspect of their career. But also in this uh, edition, I found a very interesting article in, that's about ACL reconstruction history, if you will. Uh, and it comes out of the uh, Kaiser Permanente Group, which has provided us with a lot of really good uh, database information 
in the last uh, five to seven years or so. But it's an interrupted time series analysis measuring the impact of research and education on clinical practice. And the, the question they're looking after is uh, allograft use in young patients uh, using their registry to track it. And basically, you know, the information that allografts are uh, potentially inferior for younger actor patients really started to hit, hit the books, if you will, in 2008 or so. Uh, and with the Moon Group, uh, Kurt Spindler and Rick Wright and that group, uh, which had a lot of important information about this uh, question. But they looked in this uh, ACL uh, registry at 11,800 patients uh, who are under uh, 21 or equal to 21 who underwent primary reconstruction from 07 to 2017, and then an, uh, analyzed it by quartiles. Uh, and they did an intervention that was evidence-based, providing data to their surgeons across the group. And the allograft utilization from, at pre-intervention was 21%. And uh, in the quarter one, which is 07, 010, it stayed at 24.8%. Uh, and then it dec decreased uh, in the quarter ending 2017 to 2.4%. So it's a timeline, really, of uh, documenting the impact of disseminating information on uh, clinical decision-making. Uh, and I just, uh, what I really want to talk with you about is, is the whole issue, not only with uh, ACL, uh, and I know OE's got some information you're going to share about this that you, that you ran uh, last night, but the whole issue of how can we speed up, how can we possibly speed up the, the way that information, high quality information changes practice. That's what I really want to get to. But maybe first you could present what you learned from OE Mind on this. Right. right. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a fascinating topic and principle around how do you get information into the hands of the individuals who need it? And once they're in their hands, mm. what do they actually do with it? And how do we persuade, persuade mm. individuals? Part of it has to do with getting information to people quickly. So uh, let me show you, if I could, a, a couple of slides here that highlight a little bit about where we've been going with orthoevidence. And um, if you take a look here, um, we have at orthoevidence, Mark, now amassed about 130 um, million data points worth of information from you know, extracting information from each of these multiple uh, randomized trials in orthopedics. So in the back end, um, we're able then to do rapid analysis. So this meta-analysis is a, is a tool that we've created in the back end that is called the OE Meta Analyzer. And basically what we can do is we can type in, you know, in this case, uh, anterior cruciate uh, ligament reconstruction, we can type in sort of the age groups, we can type in also autograph versus uh, an allograph reconstruction. And you press basically a button and within about two minutes, uh, we're able to generate uh, these uh, analytics. And remember all the trials have been previously evaluated through our, our own search strategies and all of the, uh, risk of bias has already been evaluated in, in the past already because the database, it does that just by its, you know, just by the way we function. But the thing that became very evident is that when we look just even at um, midterm outcomes, you know, five-year outcomes in this particular case, I mean, allograft does not perform with respect to function at all. And if you look over time with respect to function even, right, if, if you look at time with respect to function, uh, we can forecast it. So again, you can press an, another one of the tools we have is called the forecaster, which looks back at the first trials and kind of cumulatively adds up the 
cumulative evidence over time. And if you look back exactly what you said, around 2009, you know, there was a pretty clear messaging from randomized trials that, you know, that autograph was superior to allograph. But take a look. I mean, that confidence interval just got narrower and narrower and narrower. Remember, yeah. everything below the red line suggests favors autograph. So really, there's never been a situation where where we've really been uncertain, actually, mm-hmm. right? The confidence interval suggests we've always been certain. And, you know, the truth is, where do we go from here? Well, I'll just stop here after this. But, you know, right now, there are about 42 randomized trials being conducted around the world on on ACL areas. There are about 21 studies to be completed in the next 30 days about 114 sites and about 11,000 some odd patients. So there's a lot of interest in the ACL. It behooves us to be thinking, well, with all this information, how do we absolutely find a way to ensure that information, that information gets out as quickly as we uh, get it in? So the one thing I would say to you is, is that it's no surprise, but actually quite shocking that uh, we've known about allographs for as long as we have. So it would it be in, you would assume right you would assume yeah. that, that that this information would be disseminated widely, right? And uh, I think you told me that you you ran this analysis last night, so it's not like right. I mean, oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so, yeah. so the power the power. Yeah. So just as we you know you and I were chatting uh, just offline about you know ChatGPT and mm. uh, AI and machine learning. Well, you can imagine now that the era of the um, almost instantaneous meta-analysis is here. I mean, like we're on the back end testing this. We haven't put it live yet. We haven't made it public yet, really. Um, Mm -hmm. We're doing it internally, but I can generate four to 5,000 meta-analyses at a press of a button right now. Um, So this one was done specifically for this question. And you can see that, you know, it took me five minutes to get all those graphics. Um, And so... Mm -hmm. But I think the important part is that we're in an age now where information lag shouldn't be there. Like we should be able to get information. You remember what used to take us months now takes us minutes. Yeah. So we're now in an, uh, in a point is, you know, what do we do with this information, Mark? Like, you know, like we have a platform, how do we get it out to people? Um, right. What do we do? And, uh, and our, I mean, our, our alternative methods. I mean, like we think about textbooks, we think about journals, we think about all kinds of, you know, we think about the online uh, sources that we're using to attempt. I think it's going to have to be a multi, multi-prong approach you know, to get information out. Yeah, I want to I want to chat a little bit uh, more about that, but uh, I would just make the observation that uh, <laughs> you're you're probably one of uh, very few academics who, uh, if if you have the you have the power of of producing four thousand <laughs> analyses, CVs are going to go you, through you, the roof. Yeah, you, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I will use it for good, Mark. I will use yeah. it for good. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. Well, yeah, that that's really a part of the discussion with ChatGPT, uh, yeah. etc. Uh, uh, congratulations for not using that that power you have for for flooding the the uh, the yeah. publication world right. with that. But yeah, so if I recall right, um, the issue of the dissemination of information. The the really important article uh, was published. I don't know, fifteen maybe twenty years ago about the use of aspirin uh, and beta blockers for acute myocardial events, and it took eighteen years for that to become the practice in ninety plus percent of institution. Eighteen years, and think of all the lives that could have been saved uh, with that very important condition 
if the dissemination could happen faster. So how are we going to get how are we going to get it out faster and how are we going to get people's attention in this modern world to to really pay attention to the data and consider changing practice what are your thoughts on it yeah i mean if you look also historically back to just how long it takes like so we did a um a paper many, many years back, seems probably well over a decade back, but we looked at sort of all the big trauma trials and we surveyed a number of orthopedic surgeons, three to 400. And we just asked them, you know, have they heard about these trials and what, yeah. and what did they know about them? The truth is the majority of surgeons hadn't heard about some of the major uh, trials yeah. that had been conducted in the trauma field. And what was particularly important um, was, you know, 30 to $40 million cumulatively across all these trials had been invested, you know, through various agencies it is a major, major waste of resource if we conduct these studies and we can't get the message out. The other um, general you know, message I, I, I remember hearing all the way through my master's degree in HRM at McMaster was kind of like, after a paper is published, there's still this knowledge to translation gap, right? And that yeah. gap often is two years, even with very big programs, it's two mm -hmm. years. So they used to go on about that. Don't just be happy that you've published the paper right? Mm -hmm. Use and mobilize every possible channel you have to your disposal. Now, back then, the channels were present presenting at major meetings. And I do think, Mark, the one thing that we definitely are seeing more of, but highlight papers of important at major meetings, like when you have, you know, two or 3000 members of a, of a fraternity, whether it's trauma or yep. arthroplasty or, you know, sports, and they're in the same room, we have to take advantage of that. We can't have late-breaking trials or late-breaking practice-changing evidence that really should be fodder for everyone being presented in a small breakout with 40 people. Like it needs yeah. to be, uh, you know, sort of a central plan, you know, at all the major meetings. I would say that would be one pathway. But the more we collaborate, the more we get each of our tentacles in all these different countries. I, you know, we just said, you know, you, I know you travel a bit, I travel a bit. You travel because you build you build knowledge and when you share knowledge very quickly. So those are all these, you know, there's nothing fancy about this, but we're now in an attention economy and right. we have seconds to get people's attention. So how do we use novel approaches? I think some of the approaches like getting on and chatting online and trying to reach our colleagues and friends, like the way we're trying to do, um, yep. I think is important. Uh, and I, I, I just think like looking at alternative metrics, you know, um, for how we, um, measure impact is going to become more and more important. But I, I, I do think though, regardless of all that, it's still going to be years. Um, yeah. get, I mean, just look at anything, just look at, it was a 12 year gap between the first, you know, uh, documented case of, you know, orthopedic fractures and child abuse to when it became a law, you know, the work we've been doing on intimate partner violence is well over 15 years. And we're still seeing, we still had a paper rejected from a major trauma journal in which they said, we do not think orthopedic fractures as a result of um, fracture and intimate partner violence uh, relates to the, the the practice of an orthopedic trauma surgeon. It's still happening like wow. December of 2022. The point is it's advocacy, you know, and I think we just need many, many champions advocating for a cause. And I think the allograft, autograft is just another example of having many champions in many publications and repeated messaging on something that seems to be a signal. Yeah, let me just uh, ask, uh, just push you with one more question. Do you feel that social media uh, has a role in disseminating 
uh, information. Do you, do you have experience with that or examples um, of that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, for myself personally, I don't use it for that purpose, but mm -hmm. I know that, um, you know, if you look at Twitter, if you look at, you know, I mean, all of them, right. It doesn't make a difference. You know, mm -hmm. it depends on your demographic, but you know, it, it, it would strike me as though, uh, we have to be using every channel to get sound bites. Remember we have about, but, it, but the sound bite needs to be clear. Um, mm -hmm. what happens sometimes is really impressive, uh, research. Uh, is miscommunicated and miscommunicated uh, often by the researchers because they they aren't able to simplify it into a soundbite that allows people to catch on to it. Yep. So, you know, I think part of this is, is that, you know, really thinking about the story and the key message, people remember one thing. And yep. so if this was allocraft, you know, allograph should never be used again. Mm -hmm. Well, fair enough. That's the case. And that's where it should be. Allocraft bad. Fine. Say that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have about five seconds, <laughs> you have about five seconds on social media. Yeah, uh, I've learned that painfully. So one nuance, though, allograph bad and young young activate. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. correct, correct, correct. So right, it's a so nuance it's, message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I do think you would have to make sure that that messaging, you yeah. know, um, was put out in in a way that made a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, great. Well, that's been wonderful chatting with you about ACL. Uh, something that neither of us have much <laughs> personal experience with, but it's a very common and important condition absolutely sport and other uh, activities and uh uh i i think we need to keep thinking about the, dis the you know the real metric uh for for the, the the publication world ought to be change in practice uh and in a way to measure that and report that that's something oh. we should be thinking about well uh, absolutely and you know i mean if you, just to point point out when you see what your colleagues are doing your peers are huge influencers on your day-to-day -day practice. So in a, in a, in a, in a hospital-based practice, for example, or a practice, you know, in a community-based practice, having feeding information back and letting your colleagues know if four or five of your colleagues are doing B and you're doing A, you have more of a reason to either justify why you're doing A or you start rethinking why you're doing A, right? Mm -hmm. And that becomes a really interesting discussion. But I think those discussions have to be had and it starts always with evidence. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I hope you're uh, off the apple juice soon and able to get back <laughs> to some, solid a cup of I Joe. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I wish will. you a speedy recovery and thank you so much. Uh, travel carefully, maybe more so next time. <laughs> more so. Well, thing is, it doesn't matter. You know, you, just, <laughs> yeah. you go there and you just start eating everything and enjoying it. You, know, <laughs> yeah, you can't say no right. to good food, right? So yeah, it's very difficult. Indeed. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day, Mo. All right. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye -bye. See ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.